Hi, I'm Jeremy. I'm a dork living in Portland, Oregon, who spent too many years listening to podcasts and not doing anything creative. This is my attempt to rectify that, to create and contribute something where I talk to people about their cultural obsessions and try to give some recommendations of my own. Welcome to Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person. Also, yeah, if you ever, um, for anybody, yeah, if you ever hear, uh, have heard an episode and hear, uh, of any of the last ones and you hear a little jingling in the background, that's because there's a cat wandering around in the background, um, occasionally acknowledged by us on the mic and sometimes not. Yeah. I, I like cats. Yeah. There should be a podcast about cats. I am trying, I, I bet tr- there aren't any. Yeah, I'm trying to make one, but I need, to, I need more news stories to, uh, to have one to have, because I'm going to do it. A, you know what I would do? What's that? Make up news stories. That requires writing. Cat is hero. And that well, basically I mean, they writes be, itself. They have to be plausible. Yeah. Well, it depends like, on music. Cat laughs and someone dies is like more likely. Oh, here, here's a fun one. This is real wacky. Cat killer gets 16 years for torturing, hunting, killing 21 cats in Cambrian Park. That guy should be shot. Yeah, I'm a big fan of cats. I'm not a big fan of people who murder cats. Well, look, you wanted cat news. I don't know what the fuck you want from me. Uh, no, I, I wanted I, more. I, I did, sir. I did not ask for cat news. Well, you got it. Wow, this. You should is. sign up for cat facts. You yeah. got in your face, dude. <laughs> facts about cats. In your fucking face. Yeah, this is like if Kiss had their own branded uh, <laughs> yeah. cat news thing. Cat you wanted. You got the best. Here comes Kiss cat facts. All right. Hey, they got. Uh, okay, this is. I can't. Uh, my, my voice is going to be pitched wrong, but I just wanted to start my own cat news service. It, I have a strong feeling for that. And I, I'm not, I, I Are you doing Paul Stanley yeah, I can't, or the other one? No, I, I can't I, do Gene. Gene is too voice. Too, Gene well, Gene's is, like, isn't he like? Yeah. Well, we were just the best rock and roll band that ever ever happened, and. Uh, or is he that? Or is that that guy from that TV show? <laughs> it sounds like if Bernie Sanders actually did this for women. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Gene Detroit is rock city, and we have to get together. And make it Rock City again. And I am available in the Kith. Never going to forgive that dude because I read one of his books. And Gene Simmons. Yeah, he's and, such a piece of shit. Well, not just that though, but he's like, if you think about it, you spend eight hours sleeping every day, so you only have so much time in this life. You spend half of your life asleep. <laughs> I'm like, no, you no, don't. don't. <laughs> That's not how that works. That's not how math works. Eight no. twenty four is no, it? no, 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 no. <laughs> No. And who fucking sleeps eight hours a night? But he was a real reality TV guy for a while there. I just remember that. He's such a piece of shit. So you're saying... Total shit. Future president? Oh. <laughs> no, that's not... Yeah. I think Kid Rock and Ted Nugent are the ones who... Oh, are gonna, man. They're going to aim for that first. The Nuge Rock ticket. Oh, yeah. fucking Christ. And you are listening to well, giving the mic to the wrong person. Hello, everybody. Hello. I am Jeremy. Uh, I want to welcome welcome you once again to our scenic, uh, sunny Portland basement apartment studios, where I've gathered another coterie of friends and guests here to uh, start with a topic, and then we quickly digress or discourse off into something else, and hopefully keep it interesting. Um, I want to let my guests introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Natasha, resident fangirl and cat facts lover. I'm Garrett, honor personality and uh, resident good boy. I'm Kevin Smith, and I'm here to talk about why Spider-Man: Homecoming made me cry. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Kevin. It's it's great to see you here. Um, it's rare that we have such a special guest this early in a podcast. Those life. are some form-fitting jean shorts, Kevin. Hold on, I have to smoke some more weed. Don't we all? on mic? Yeah, no, you you can't just smoke it. You have to smoke it on oh. mic. <laughs> I do have my vape with me if you want the sound effect. 
No, I'm 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 Jacob Mercy. I'm a uh, comic book person. Uh, I do various odd jobs for people, and I work for a guy named David Chelsea part of the time. Uh, he makes a bunch of comics. He's Eisner nominated, and I'm mostly talking about him, so I don't have to talk about myself. That always works. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not rich and famous yet, so. None of us are. Yeah. We can just cut out that intro, and you know. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody on Twitter, apparently I follow lots of people that are really fucking excited about female Doctor Who. Yeah. Representation matters, and uh, for some people, that's, yeah. the, that's all that matters. Yeah. Ugh. Well, it's her turn, so. Right. I really do wish they would have cast... Uh, I don't know if she could have pulled off the dramatic, but I do, uh, just for pure personality, I wish they would have cast Sue Perkins. Uh, you know who I think they should have cast? What's that? Uh, a little lady, you might have heard about her. Uh, she's uh, the rightful president of the United States, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh. She has prior acting experience because she was on Broad City. That's true. And she's been on SNL quite a few times. I don't really count that. You don't, yeah. That's I mean, more of like being on there, being on there. I guess, yeah. When your person is yourself. No, you're. I mean, you're reading off of a cue card, and it's, you know. Yeah, it doesn't really count. I mean, even McC- I mean, even McCain. Well, I'll say both, like both, like uh, like McCain and Al Gore were funny on there too, and yeah. uh, the late Senator Paul Songus. Yeah. Wait, was Songus? No, Songus was on. Paul Simon was on there. I don't think yeah. Songus was, because I remember there was a, uh, there was an episode in. God, ladies, were at some point someone came up with the idea where, like, here we're gonna we're gonna have Senator Paul Simon as the guest and musical guest Paul Simon. You know, this this is very embarrassing, and I, I was sure that they meant me. Uh, I, I just assumed they wanted me, Paul Simon, the senator. Well, it's a it's a comedy show. And it's a music show, so it's got to be me. I mean, who else is it? And we'll have in the opening monologue is going to be the two of them awkwardly exchanging jokes about how their names were the same. Do you guys remember that one SNL bit where Hillary was playing like uh, tough as nails bartender? Rough night. Yeah, you could say that. Woo. Hi. I'm Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hey, great name. I'm Val. Oh, yeah. And was it, was it, giving advice to Hillary Clinton? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That was amazing. Was this, like, what, in, like, the last year or something? Yeah. Or? Yeah. That's when Kate played her. Kate, oh, Kate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. the only, I have... Which I thought was bullshit because they didn't make out. They should have. Yeah. That would have been the, the real winner there yeah that would have been very empowering mm-hmm. yeah representation matters yeah. right well no just as they say on the pilot of riverdale you know just cheap ratings grabs like that just don't work anymore we, they can they're, they're, they see they see right through them well that's bullshit though because they had sean spicer and trump make out oh yeah yeah melissa mccarthy and i know about this because my boss and oh, are you guys like, talking about saturday live mm-hmm. yeah my God, boss is funnier insists, than ever fuck off <laughs> Get on that. <laughs> My boss insists about telling me about like he is the quintessential liberal, mm-hmm. like New York, like literally reads the New York Times at lunch. <laughs> not, oh, sorry, gosh. not the New York Times, the New Yorker at okay. lunch. Oh, mm. yeah. And he's like, "Oh, good, uh, that David Brooks always gives me a chuckle," oh. and you know he's always Same. talking about NSNL skits. He thinks are funny, and they never are. And yep. it's just 
the probably likes John Oliver and. I don't think well, he has HBO, but I'm oh. sure he he was definitely excited about the drum thing for a while. So. Yeah. Well, I think the thing about John Oliver is that the kicker is that um, it's like the show does. It's almost like the two different, uh, two different, uh, two different aims. Like the actual, you know, the deep dive journalistic stuff they do is excellent because they'll go in and they'll they'll like they'll they I mean they have an entire week to do like kind of like a more serious piece. Yeah. Um, and then well, that's what I. It's not funny. It's not a funny show. I mean, fine, they they do good work, but mm-hmm. but I don't know when people go. I love John Oliver. He's so hilarious. He's like. No, no, he's not. He's got sixteen-year-old interns like writing his jokes and putting up like Jeremy. Shit. I know what you're doing. Stop it. Stop well, well, it now. That is, yeah. That's yeah. well. That's that. That is that. Yeah, I guess that's a suck. But I, I mean, I like it when they go into stuff there and kind of like will point. You know, they point out like like Devitra the uh, the. Um, the dialysis business, which just set up in po- oh, yeah. up another another business in Portland, Devita, yeah, yeah Devita, because you need a across the street from the Taco Bell, you need your dialysis center, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, it, it, it well, is. Some, I think sometimes, well, actually, I think technically you would because just because of the uh, just for access for people, but true. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that just comes down to how our entertainment has been breaking down in a lot of ways. So there's a lot of boundaries where things were pretty clearly established as to, okay, you have this kind of show that does this kind of thing, and we've pretty much gotten away with that. Because to a certain extent, even The Daily Show and John Oliver's piece are more or less just modern versions of Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. You, know, mm-hmm. you, got your, you got your topical humor, right. you got your guest, you've got your monologue, and... You know, basically everything's been fractionated and broken up. So, mm-hmm. and kind of a, like my problem with it, and 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 I got shit for years dogging on John Stewart a little bit, even though I think he's pretty funny. It's a view from nowhere. It's like it's like what perspective does he have? He's vaguely on the left. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but but I don't know what he's what he stands for. You know what I mean? And it's like, what are they really doing? He right. stands for a return for sanity, sir. Yeah, sanity. <laughs> Well, I think yeah, that gets into it. Part of the, well, the topic, of the topic of the show, first as much as what there is one is because I I was thinking about in you know due to recent like social media and how health and how healthy those are social media conversations about where we are just now for the first time in a very long time like te- you know finally shattering and teasing apart the various that left and liberal no longer are synonymous, but. Not everybody we know, I think, uh, not everybody we know personally or even very well, it's kind of it has made that break mm-hmm. or has made that distinction. So at one point, it's it's a thing if you if you can't, um, like say handling criticism, it just seems like well, we're on, we're we're on, you know, these you know the only like you know real sane, balanced, moderate people in the room are they're the ones that are under attack without um, just because you know it's like. Under attack from everybody, uh, you know, they just see, you know, just loudmouth criticism online, which is always, the, you know, the healthiest way to handle political talk and not really able to, to kind of separate the two. And so they kind of don't, anytime you directly attack somebody's point of, you know, position, they just re-cement it and double it down. Right. Yeah. And so my, um, I think my thing was, is. You think we really need to take a leaf out of Lacey Green's book? Which book? The one where, you know, turfs are people, too. And we really need to hear both sides. Uh, Have you been following this? Not no. like a whole... Trans-exclusionary feminist? Yeah. Yeah, I feminist? think I... It sounds like I'm probably much more into 
idiots arguing on YouTube than anybody else here. <laughs> but like, there, there's this big back and forth. Cause That's why we're here. She's like a sex educator, and she said, "Oh, well, you know, I don't know about this whole feminist leftist SJW agenda." And basically, everybody lost their fucking minds, mm-hmm. and it turned into this huge fiasco. And she's. I think actually capable of making some nuanced arguments in as much as that she is having conversations with some people who don't necessarily recognize the idea that there are more than two genders. Yeah. And she needs to have a language to communicate with those people. But at the same time, she's also saying a bunch of really sort of sloppy, um, not so woke things. Yeah. So she's getting basically piled on super hard. And the Gamergate right types are very excited about it because it's an opportunity to say, oh, you know, this person has seen the light and yeah. is no longer doing this. But as nerds, I can tell everybody is just looking for an excuse to scream at each other. Pretty much. I you think that's, that's the way it feels. That's the way it feels. Yeah. They had a really good best of the left recently on on uh, on the issues of, of trans versus turfs, and I think that I recommend that highly if you yeah. want to listen to that. Basically, you know, <coughs> that a lot of it is there's a lot of actual misogyny within that kind of turf ideals too because they don't like femme presenting and women and and, and also trans women. all right yeah well i mean the i guess you know one of the arguments i hear is that it's men occupying female spaces and... mm. no <laughs> right i mean wait say this again are you talking about what turfs believe yeah turfs yeah, believe yeah, that yeah, the yeah, men are yeah. occupying female spaces when you know obviously well how do y'all feel about that that, I, that criticism. I, well, I'm actually in favor of that, so I might be in the minority. Men there, occupying female spaces? Yeah, got to colonize. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> well, you know, I think we need to make space for men to express themselves. Yeah. And I think that's... I mean, know, it's really, about time. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, we can't... How can you have any post-colonial thought, colonial thought, if you don't have any colonialism to start with? I, well, I'm just asking, why aren't there any men's clubs? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Why are there no like men only events? Why isn't there a men a man's Oprah? You know what, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why isn't there a men's warehouse? Why isn't there? Oh, uh, there was it closed down. Sorry. Oh shit. Mm. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I, I there used a, to be a place for men in this world. I'm a big advocate. The man's warehouse of the idea that I'm like really dumb and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm right there in your camp. And, you know, one of my best friends is genderqueer, and I think I've probably been a little more woke than a lot of people on this issue just because, you know, I've known her for so long. But at the same time, it's an enormously complicated topic that I don't understand that well and exactly. I wouldn't presume right. to speak to. But it'd feel like if I make that argument with some people, they're like, no, you have to have a side. This is this is Marvel's Civil War. Pick a side. You're either with Iron Man, who is a hundred percent turfy, or you're mm-hmm. with Captain America, who wants to basically require bathrooms to not only be open to everybody, but actually have glass walls. So fuck you. And I'm just like, I you know like, <laughs> I'm probably on the SJW side. I'm not sure I'm the best representative to articulate a coherent argument for everything that includes. And there's yeah. probably some stuff over there that I don't agree with, but you know, I just you know I just want to smoke weed and play video games, okay? Same. And I want to smoke weed. Yeah. And I just, and uh, and I don't smoke, but video games, yes, I blow so up one time. So me and Jeremy sort of come together like a tiny, become tiny one uh, person, middle-aged. It's like Voltron. Voltron. Well, I mean, yeah. and that's just pathetic because we all know that video games are 
absolutely offensive and sexist, so you're part of the problem. Oh, I'm Have you not listened to Anita Sarkeesian? What is, I'm disgusted by the both of you right now. I know. As a woman, I should know this, but, um, yeah, no. Wait, do you not know? Do you actually not know? No, I actually, I actually know. I actually know. Just checking. I even know that one. Yeah, we talked about Gamergate a few episodes ago. Right. Yeah. And there's another one. Brianna Wu, is she part of that Gamergate? No, boy. She um, got pulled into it. Yeah. yeah. Brianna Wu is a extremely... I don't know what her shtick is, but... Her shtick is her shtick is that she's now running for she's now running for Congress. Oh, Hell yeah. yeah! God, what part of I can't remember what 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 area of Massachusetts, but she's she's challenging. Um, running for the problem is, is well, the kicker is is that she also she is one that want, wants to bring in um, more at least to my very limited understanding wants to bring in more emphasis on and more more emphasis on like you know on. Tech companies. Oh yeah, she's one of those. She's at the Silicon Valley. Oh, innovation. Disease. Sure, I love it. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. Just say that word, my mind goes blank, and mm-hmm. I'm ready to obey. It's called disruption. Disruption. Hell also, yeah. that we need an app for that. Yeah, you said it. My mind turned off, and I'm ready to follow whatever you say, sir. I'm ready for my Series A funding. Mm. I've got a thing. It's called Taco Bro, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes tacos for you. Oh, like the Juicera, out of, out of but it's pa- like tacos? Out of pouches that you buy proprietarily from us. Can okay. I connect to it with an app? Fuck yeah, you can, Hell dude. Yeah. When you're on your way home in your Tesla automobile, uh, you can pick what taco you want for the evening. In the internet of things, we will have tacos. Oh, man. It's going to be so good. Because tacos are fucking hard to make, y'all. Yeah, but, I mean, as far as the whole left-liberal divide goes... That's another area where I feel like you have a lot of people screaming at each other who may not necessarily have the strongest grasp of like what the actual topics are. And I, I mean, I find that really frustrating. Getting back to my you know theory of being a, a dumb idiot, which is like, I mean, I've read Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky. I've listened to a bunch of his lectures. I'm not sure how much of Manufacturing Consent I remember. Mm. And mm-hmm. I feel like well, you at least had the exposure to it. Yeah, but I feel like in order to have a coherent conversation about it, like I would need to reread it. I would need to take notes, and like we have all of these enormously complicated topics about about you know not just about gender, but about you know the economy and about healthcare and about you know about essentially about the whole world, and we're trying to figure out what to do next. And in some cases, there's I think some fairly clear arguments to be made that what we're doing right now isn't working because, for one thing, we've had a fairly spectacular failure in the election, but the other time, on the other hand, I'm not convinced that everybody in this conversation is a arguing in good faith and b arguing coherently. Right. Exactly. I think that's very true. And so the problem becomes, I think it's good for people to be more political, but at the same time, how do you be political in a intelligent, coherent way when essentially there are people who do this full time and are still idiots who get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to write editorials for like the new york times or the washington post Mm -hmm. yeah from the ivory towers basically i mean i i personally don't like the idea that it requires a a huge knowledge of theory and intelligentsia and and academia to be able to understand some of these basic that's my problem with uh, you know broadly speaking the left is like hey what are we gonna do you guys oh we're gonna read this fucking stack of books and it's like yeah yo guys like Nothing was ever changed by not having, like, moral conviction. And that really bothers me that it's like we have to have the right theoretical approach to things before we can just 
try to do things that we're committed to. Yeah. Like, like we know what we're committed to. We're, we're committed to radical uh, egalitarianism. Uh, um, and we know how we know ways we can go to get there. So why don't we do that rather than go? Let's read this fucking stack of books. I'm so tired of it. Yeah. Well, I think the the, the complication is the complication though is that. Um, that for the longest time, a lot of people, uh, because of, and we've talked about this before, everything, but it was so depoliticized and, you know, kind of civic engagement and just kind of political thought was so very reduced for the longest time that um, nobody did the, nobody really did the reading. And it was because it, it, it would, so you detached any sort of like political thoughts or um, from how, you know, from how, you know, there was no substance. It was, it all became very, like, tangible, like, um, you know, like, kind of like David Brooks level, you know, cultural, uh, you know, politics as culture, class as culture, and that's it. And I think part, and the, but the, 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 it's almost a thing of, like, a, a lot of people got activated, but um, for me personally, I've been reading a lot more, but it's almost like, how do you, uh, it's like you can't exactly shove four years of, uh, of, of undergrad reading, nor really should you, in the seven or eight months it's and, been. And Jeremy, I just want to say that you're that kind of person. Like, you are a bookish person. Right. And it's like, it's like, look, I've read, I've read a, uh, I've read a fair chunk, but my point is, is that like, like, please don't start the conversation by saying, "Well, let's get you know, let's get our our marks all set out, and then let's go on to the Frankfurt School, and let's go." You know what I mean? It's right. like well, lots of gatekeeping, basically. Well, I think there uh, ac- or academic yeah. gatekeeping. I think, I think but, but I think it's yeah. I, I don't. It's not a. I don't think it's like. I don't think it's like a a a. Uh, a f- I don't think it's like phony. I think it's I think it's sincere. I just think it's wrong um, that we we have we have moral convictions we can go for, it and we don't need we don't need an intellectual uh, um, um, waiting pool to start in and before we before we dive in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to understand. Like the poor people are getting fucked. How do we help them? You know what I mean? Right. I I'm not sure. I agree with that. I definitely agree with the idea that poor people are getting fucked, and I think. You can make a convincing argument for that in less than half an hour. But as far as how to help them, I think that's an enormously complicated question. And part of the history of the last 20 or 30 years is a history of us, in some cases, in some states, finding you know reasonably clever ways to help people that fail. Yeah. So, like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about things where... Well, I mean, one classic example is we have this idea of, oh, what we'll do is we'll set up, you know, temporary assistance for needy families. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a lot of the whole neoliberal agenda of the 90s was, you know, let's do this to help people and save money at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so you had some ideas and you had some ideas that sounded good in theory, but when put into practice would absolutely collapse. And I think part of the problem is, you know, everybody talks about Econ 101, but the problem is there's still class after class after class of Econ where common sense and reasonable assumptions are just so frequently dramatically wrong and you can go into something with the best of intentions and have dramatically terrible results mm-hmm. right. and yeah it, i think part part of i think at some point this is almost um much i i think though that we're talking about a little bit something different um I'm talking about an attitude from the left mm-hmm. about how to progress. And I think that the left doesn't make progress because it's like, hey, well, let's read some more. And we've read enough is the point I'm trying to make. 
And even people like me who have not read, you know, I don't know Adorno or Horkheimer or Lukacs or I don't even know if I'm saying that name right. Lukács, but but yeah. uh, uh, I'm I'm serious. I don't know if I'm saying that name right. Yeah. But but the point is is that like we've read we've read a fuck enough. Like it's time to start doing some doing something. We we know what we're committed to. Yeah. The only kicker is that at some point is how do you build a sense of analysis to figure out um, that so you don't just fall into the trap of. Of, of of action bias where we know we have to do something but at some point how do you decide how do you build an analysis into figuring out what's the problem and what to do to uh, to rectify it i think there's there's a um a little bit of th- a little bit of theory well both first it's a dangerous thing i think as the line goes but it's also extremely helpful but um I, we i think the, the Slightly, I think this is a slightly, slightly separated topic. Because I think uh, what I was more interested in is, you know, how do you pro- how do you handle the process of radicalization of either, you know, of, you know, from I guess you know from your own, you know, we can maybe even start from our own personal, um, you know, our own personal experiences of like, you know, getting getting activated or triggered or just or i'm not going to say you know getting woke because that has that impl- that uh, there's a lot of other things in there mm-hmm. that are not exactly helpful um but you get the same it's kind of like at what point you know how did the slow epiphany uh, epiphany happen and then but and, and as a part of that you know sh- sharing that with others of like you know moving, moving them on of like trying to like get get more people on there as opposed to because i think thanks to the internet and human wiring because again social media networks are not built for communication they're built to have us hang around so we, uh, long enough so that we can watch more adverts um Pretty much. How do you connect your own kind of like personal I don't know, rad- uh, journey of figuring, hey, shit needs to change, and impart that to others who have a same, who you know, have the same kind of like an empathic or like emotional vector, okay, but who ain't there yet, who who haven't, who are you well, know, who, are, who like are still trying to hold on to the old model and trying to defend uh, an older model. Uh, for better or for worse. When you say older model, are you talking about like broadly speaking neoliberalism, or are you talking about like, what, what do you mean by that? Because I think the, the different uh, hanging on to like the, the confusing, confusing again. Part of it again. This is where, where some of the reading comes in because I think for the longest for decades, um, lefty and liberal and. Even like you know, for a lot of people, like centrist and establishment, and and left, we're all kind of the, and almost like as long as it, it's like anything that wasn't wasn't branded as conservative was in this was in this morass, and now that things are kind of starting to tease apart again, where you're actually and you know, um, and like again, you know, like I said, we're we're in a moment where social media, especially, is how is kind of like showing that there are di- you know there are different camps, and how do you um, you know how do you articulate the difference as well as you know w- without necessarily pissing people off and getting in you know getting more people over the camp i guess how do you okay how do you radicalize others i guess that's how a very good that? question there. i mean speaking from my own experience as i used to be like a levian satanist libertarian objectivist um back in the day probably as of a couple of years ago even um i went from that to radicalization within six to eight months like most people i know like we're all suddenly realizing that the joke isn't funny anymore like you can't tell apart people well previously you couldn't tell apart people based on their 
political party because you could tell that they neither of them had a true ideology that meant anything. I mean, Republicans wanted to kill poor people and Democrats wanted to make Silicon Valley the king of the universe. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there was just not anything there. So a lot of people lost interest in the political system and thought of it as sort of like this unintelligible machine that just ran on campaign money and people's lives and nobody wanted to have any part of it. But now that we realize that, you know, you can do political change even just by being a troll on the internet, then, you know, everybody's welcome to make a difference. Yeah, I think the real solution is that we really need to do a lot more uh, online polling, uh, by which I mean not just doing polling online, but making people take online polls and quizzes. Mm -hmm. Um, I would strongly recommend areyoualibertarian.com. I think that really helped me to figure out where I stand. Mm Mm-hmm. And is that's that that's com? where real progress is made. Is and, that .com or .biz? Uh, actually, I think it's .dot Sealand. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. I'm a real fan of this win the future party that's cropped up because I love nothing more than uh, uh, .com billionaires who know what the mainstream of America is about. Oh uh, yeah, and, WTF? Uh, it's so funny. Pow! I just shit my pants. <laughs> and you know, using yeah, using Zynga billions to fund a um, that's the thing is because one of the guys founded fucking Zynga, which means it's Farmville money. Okay. Well, I guess that is the best use of that money, mm-hmm. right? Well, we need to have a strong farm program if we're going to build a new future. So I think he might be the right guy. I take all that farm Excuse bill energy. Excuse me, but he's very successful. And put it into actual farming. We're going right. to build robots, and they'll be powered by people playing Farmville. Yeah, that's my new app. I think there's an interesting distinction to be made, though, between people who are political and people who are apolitical insofar as I think people are apolitical for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I mean, there was a certain strain of nihilism, which is there's this large amorphous machine and there's not really anything to be done about it. Or, you know, if there is something to be done about it, you know, it's kind of working. It's not worth the effort. You know, I've got my MTV and why mm-hmm. bother you're talking about the status quo when yeah. you yeah, say it's kind think, of working yeah okay. um and you know after 2008 i think it got a lot harder for people right yeah uh, well it's sort of folded into a, a tribalism is, is what i the only thing i can anal- analyze it as and it's yeah. been that way for a long time but as far as as far as activation goes you know i think the internet has actually been enormously helpful for that i mean it i have spent a long time on my own where I was like, okay, I'm sympathetic to Israel, but I'm not necessarily in favor of the current strain of Zionism, which is heavily, heavily influenced by American neoconservative thought. Exactly. Right. And the fact that they casually refer to, you know, incursions as quote unquote, mowing the lawn. (sighs) And there's a shitload of things like that. As far as, you know, double tapping, uh, with drone strikes and, Mm -hmm you know, the disastrous war in Iraq and all of these things where I felt very isolated because people would say, you know, well, we had to go in. Well, we shouldn't have gone in, but now that we're, we have to stay there and people were making excuses. And I felt like even, even here in Portland, I mean, I almost got into a fight with somebody once because he was (laughs) wearing a t-shirt that said, uh, Bill Clinton for first lady. Oh my god! And I was like, "Hey, man, that's a, that's kind of a funny shirt." And he's like, "Thanks." I can't imagine anybody not voting for Hillary Clinton. And I'm like, mm, "Well," and I wasn't even talking about myself at the time. I was just like, "You know, I'm from Arizona. I know lots of people who you know <laughs> yeah. are gonna probably vote third party or something." He's like, "No, no," and I'm like, "Jesus, dude! Like, I'm at a party. I'm just trying to chat. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm just 
acknowledging the existence of other, you know, political beliefs. You need to yeah. slow your roll, fam. I've had friends almost come to blows over the same terms because I feel like a lot of that, you know, yes, queen shit that went on with Hillary, like really, really infected women that wanted the kind of women that are like, we should have more women billionaires, you know, like. Right. Lean in feminism. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So make the what's the what's the joke? Make the camp guards female. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> why aren't there more? Why aren't there? Yeah. Why aren't yeah? Why aren't there more? Uh, why aren't there more women guards at the, uh, at, the at the camps? Guantanamo or whatever. Well, I think there's something really powerful to just know that I'm not alone. And to right. be honest, I mean, I probably am a little bit more libertarian than a lot of people who you know listen to Street Fight or yeah. mm-hmm. you know anything. Yeah, but at the same token, I'm recognizing that we do need to make some substantive changes here. And that the current system does need to be changed, you know, even if it's tedious and painful. Right. Right. And and I think that also that, like, 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 so right now the big banner issue on the left is, you know, Medicare for all or single payer. And it's like, that's a perfectly good way to try to bridge two groups of people together. And it's like, because, because. I think a lot of on the left, you have, you know, sort of like the Lem- the Leninist stripe of like violent revolution and, yeah. and, 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 and overthrow. And I'm, I'm just too big a coward for that. So I, uh, I, I don't have a problem with incrementalism. The problem I have with especially people that advocate incrementalism is it's very much like not market critical. And that's what I want. I want politicians that are critical of capitalism. Mm-hmm. That 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 they they don't even they don't need to say it doesn't it shouldn't exist, but they need to say like we need a strong criticism of this cultural activity called capitalism. And we don't have that in in a left in a, the broad left active politically uh, exactly. uh, in government right now. People are afraid to talk about that. I mean, they're because the whole structure is based on it so yeah from a, from the viewpoint of being like you know anarchist but then you talk about like anarch- anarcho-capitalism where you've had or libertarian yeah. strains that i've dabbled in you know people's ideas that you know if only the market were free would we all we be free to make the decisions that we want and yeah you know, if you want to be a part of the goddamn market hey man have you ever done pure strain libertarianism before <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't mind, you know, thalidomide or, you know... Uh... Well, I'm, I'm going to make an extremely problematic analogy <laughs> here, which is, I think there's this persistent notion that there are only two economies. Yeah. Right. And, like, there's... So you either have to be purely capitalist or purely, you know... But Stalinist or something? You know, 100% Plant, socialism. Economy, like, top-down right? yeah. command economy. And, like, that's... And, and both both sides, woohoo, um, are making arguments. like you have tisk. you have all of these people who are like you know, well you know I I, I think that uh, the the these Chapo boys are being very naive because you know maybe they should try doing their podcast in one of Stalin's death camps. And, yeah, yeah. Try to go along with you. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is at some point it's like. I mean, it's good. Christ, it's like in the real world. Well, in the real world, more than likely, we'll frame it like that. More than likely, it's it's all like it's all flavors of mixed economy. Anyway, it's just a matter of how do you mix it. Well, there's a lot of scuttlebutt going around about 
uh, Keynes, you know, about Keynes had this, this thing, like what our, what our grandchildren can expect. He wrote this essay a long time ago and he said, you know, like we're probably going to be working 15 hours a week because, you know, we, the, the economy will have become so productive and we, you know, our, our problem will be how do you, how do we deal with all this leisure time that yeah. we have? <laughs> and it's like, you know what? That sounds fine to me. Like, like, I don't need it to be, I don't need it to be a pure Marxist socialism. Like, I, I can live with a 15 hour work week, uh, but there's no, again, no criticism in active government right now that, that would lead to that. And that's my problem. Well, I mean, honestly, if you want to talk about incrementalism, let's go back 50 years and, you know, have a 90% tax rate for right. the top bracket and, yeah. Yeah. you know, drop the difference in CEO pay from, you know, uh, a couple hundred to maybe three to one. Yeah. And, you know. And you're rich enough. Bring, you know what I mean? Bring back the idea of taking apart monopolies and shit like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. All right. And um, on that note, we'll take a quick break and be right back. I'm watching Firefly, by the way. I've oh, never great. watched it before. It's all, it's very rapey. Yeah. It's just 100%. Think about it. Like, the ship is a woman, and they just jump into her all the time. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder I had a heart on the whole time I was It's kind of ableist, too. I think River is definitely on the spectrum. Yeah. (laughs) You guys, I'm freaking out. (laughs) There's an amazing essay that Sony wrote years and years ago about this. Is it along the lines that you guys are... Well, he accepted it wasn't a bit, so... Dude, I don't... It wasn't a bit? Yeah. Oh, man. No, the thing is, like, really I have read so thing. much Google discourse. Firefly rape. There's no way this can go wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so what happened was that he had planned out eventually that Anara would have this be sexually assaulted by, like, a group of men, I think. And, like, that was going to be, like, one of the plot points of the show. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's... Wayden is not the most... Is the best. Yeah, I've read so much of the fucking discourse on him. He, yeah, it's not even funny. Well, I don't know that much about him, to be honest with you. Like, well, he got lauded as being the most feminist of male writers because of the fact that he made Buffy. The first scene opens in a war with Mal and Zoe. Zoe runs around calling Mal sir and taking orders off him. I roll my eyes. Not a good start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because the female POC is following the white dude. What? No. No. Let's see. Uh, Oh. Uh, the next scene is set in the present. Mal, Jane, and Zoe are floating about in space. They come into some danger. Mal gets all panicky. Zoe says, this ship's been derelict for months. Why would they? Mal replies in Chinese, shut up. So in the very second scene of the very first episode, an episode written and directed by the great feminist Joss, a white man tells a black woman to shut up for no apparent reason. And she does shut up. And she continues to call him sir. And she takes his orders, even when they're dumb orders for the rest of the series. (laughs) Here's the best part. The... Next scene, we meet Kaylee, the ship's mechanic. Oh, looky, looky, feminist empowerment. In this scene, Mal and Jane are stowing away the cargo they just stole. Kaylee is chatting to them happily. Jane asks Mal to get Kaylee to stop being so cheerful. Mal replies, sometimes you just want to duct tape her mouth and dump her in the hold for a month. Yes, that's an exact quote. Sometimes you just want to duct tape her mouth. <laughs> and dump her in the hold for a month. Kaylee responds by grinning and giving Mal a kiss on the cheek and saying, I love my captain. What the fuck is this feminist man trying to say about women here? A black woman calling a white man sir. A white male captain abuses and silences a female crew with no consequences. The women are happy to be abused. They enjoy it. Yeah, they What love does this say about women? Josh, show. what does this say about you? Do you tell your wife to shut up? Do you threaten to duct tape her mouth lock in the bedroom? Is this funny to you, Josh? Because it sure fucking funny to me. 
I love this. Please this send this to rules. me. Yeah. Oh what's my your, god. What's your... It's beautiful. It's especially beautiful because my fiance watches it like yeah. Firefly in the background yeah. every fucking day. Like wow. I think he's seen that series over and over again. And I can't actually watch the movie because like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. I can't. I don't know if you know. You've never seen it. Serenity. That's all I've seen. I've only seen, seen the first recently. forty-five minutes, and then I cannot get. I can. I. I just. No. What's your beef with it? I've never. I've. No, I have never seen the film. I just can't watch. Series. I can't watch Wash Day. Oh uh, yeah. Leaf well, on a Wind. That shit. No. I, I. I can't. I can't watch it. I just can't. He is a charming character. I love Alan Siddick. Very phallic. Mm-hmm. Wash is phallic. No. That no. Scene. The death scene is phallic. Yes, it is very phallic. Typical Joss Whedon. Yeah. What's your? Staking it, man. I can't what's, wait to. Fuck what's your internet? Cavity? Phone number. Oh, my internet phone number. Um, Are you on on the Twitter? I am on the Twitter. I'm at Ashes for Foxes. It's kind of a dumb name. What's it called? Ashes for Foxes. That's a band. I know. It's a metal band. Okay. Waiting to happen. Okay. I have to figure out how to add people. Garrett, I think the follow-up thing, do you want to go into your own personal... Would you like to tell us about your own journey? My, now, now would you like to tell us? Come up here on the stage and tell us how you got saved. Boy. Um, well, I'm glad you guys asked. Uh, I don't really know, but I did. I did flirt with a lot of uh, uh, political ideologies in my early 20s. There was even a. I was definitely a solid neoliberal. You know, believed that the way to make the world better was economic progress. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all the people in Iraq or. Sub-Saharan Africa or wh- or what have you, all, all that they needed was to have industry in their lives. Yeah, you know, uh, ha- have have economic opportunities and all that stuff. So I want to just you know get the ske- the real skeletons out of my closet. Um, I thought you were going to say you flirted with a lot of leftist women. But... No, no, they they freak me out. They're, they they've read too many books. They terrified me too. Uh, <laughs> Kept talking about ideology. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, ID what? You know. Uh, and I still don't know what that word means. So, well, so the important thing to <laughs> yes. understand about ideology, <laughs> <Yeah>. this is <laughs> how ideology functions today. Uh, and then I'll tell a dirty joke or something. Um, no, Zizek, I'll be honest, Zizek. I, 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 in the early days, I was like, I want to figure out what this guy's talking about, and it took me a long time to realize I don't. I'm not sure that I know, but I'm, I'm not that interested. But he is a Marxist, and I'm into that. Um, but I, I couldn't say that there was any defining moment. It just, just that, just that, I felt like the the market has too much control of our of our lives, and we're cynical about politics. But like, we should be a lot more connected to politics, um, or just realize that everything is politically like effective. You know, like right. Just the whole the the whole notion that if 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 like what like like strong libertarians are calling freedom, which like a sort of market based freedom is well, like freedom, then I don't want it. So so where is there for people like me that don't want shit like that? You know what I mean? And and I I, I found inspiration in Marx, and then I'd always hated right wing politics. So you you know like 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 I'd always stood on the left more or less, but but to to get. To get, I don't, know, I don't even know if I consider myself far left because, again, I'm, I'm willing to consider a Keynesian, fifteen hour work week as a pretty decent society to live in. Um, so, Jeremy, I don't have a good answer for your question. I think that was a perfect answer. Yeah, I think that worked just fine. But I just, I just do think, broadly speaking, as I've already said, like we are not critical of the marketplace, 
anymore, and I don't know why that is. Like, I don't think the government should have too much power over our lives. The state shouldn't have too much power over our lives, but the market shouldn't either. And we shouldn't. We should have that democratic control over both of those entities, and we don't have it. Good day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, a big part of my journey was I grew up very sympathetic to the idea of just being paranoid and Mm anti-government and i think i still am to a certain extent but one of the big critiques that came out of that was things like ad busters as goofy as it is and no it it was very influential and i think for good reason well i mean i don't take people seriously who say they read ad busters who didn't steal it but (laughs) (laughs) from my end a big part of the criticism that i found interesting that was coming out was saying look at the power that these corporations have over our lives and that's a conversation you can have without going into capitalism right but uh, by the same token it it does seem like an obvious step to take and i am way more afraid of corporations these days than i am of the government because Without a doubt. at this point i don't really see a meaningful difference between the two exactly well and i think if anything like in that movie network uh, i think it was ned Beatty's character said like it's don't you get it it's not nations anymore it's all it's all corporations and yeah. it's like you get up on your little 21-inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, min and max solutions, and compute the price cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It's a, no, you're, you're thinking of The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. Are we in the cyberpunk future where we it. have, like, corporate city-states? Well, I think that, to an, to an extent, yes. I mean, I mean, you know, Amazon has, makes as much money as a nation. To you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, they they occupy. They're everywhere. You know what I mean. They're not they're not located in, geographically. You know, in a meaningful way anywhere. So well, and the, I guess for me at least, one of the reasons why I'm a little bit reluctant uh, when I hear these conversations about Medicare for all is that you know we already tried to improve healthcare with Obamacare, and it wound up being a huge handout to these fucking god awful companies that are squatting over us. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to make things better but what i'm saying is we do need to have a certain awareness of how there is essentially a predatory system that has basically latched onto our system exactly and how we're going to compensate for that and you know if you would talk to me five years ago i would have said you can't and don't bother right and so i think I'm probably I probably wasn't unique in that and I think that is one of the things we have to do which is try to figure out how we're going to convince people for starters that there is hope. Right. I think defeatism has been 
on the broad left, I mean liberals and leftists, been mm. kind of the order of the day for since Reagan, at least. Absolutely. You know, right? I think. Well, it's my, yeah, a lot of, especially I think I want to say especially since the election because I think part of it is almost really was as, as some as God, I think it was even like an episode of like a, of like Brooke Gladstone on on the media was talking about how effectively reality was shattered, but reality as a reality as like a the mental concept with which you know we we view the world and we you know the you know the structure of it's kind of like you know how uh, you know the structure of how we think how we think things are and act and you know kind of like our concept of reality rather than the reality construct. itself yeah the construct yeah but um but i think but in, but but connecting with the connecting with the 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 kind of like the the, the pessimism or kind of like just the like the more the most like um like i think because the the election the most recent election was such a major shock to a lot of like really you know really pampered professional media types who are you know live extremely comfortable lives and be, uh, and that all of a sudden, like this massive shock, where like everybody was proved, you know, the entire like, you know, it's it, um, like when you know, as the books talk, as the book of the same title talks about, when prophecy fails, when like your entire like view concept of everything of everything of how you think things should be is proven, you know, dramatically wrong. That's at some point because of the um, the people who are you know a lot of media pundity types be either like you know like uh, uh, op ed writers or talking heads or whatever because they have never had to, they've never had to do the organizing work they've never had uh, you know they were always of a they were always of a, you know they were always fairly comfortable anything that kind of like oh you know so they never had to they never had to spar they never had to organize they never had to struggle for it and so they, they you know the, the, all those muscles were atrophied so all of a sudden this huge shock comes along and they freak the fuck out and that's they start you know it's like you know everything's over you know it's like we need cal exit we need to uh you know there's like nothing really nothing really can be done yeah we need civil war before we'll do any structural changes within the existing units Cascadia! yeah represent <laughs> but it, but it's a sense it, but there's a lot of like uh, you know well yeah it's kind of like whenever you see people writing you know America is over and it's the point where they even uh, even um, they even got even like SNL of all things like the week the weekend after the election ta- had the had the sketch where it's like Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock on of like you know watching you know here's a an election watch party and um, whereas you know all of the uh, all the Manhattan white folks were freaking out and Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock were like well yep that's about the size of what we expected Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I seem to recall something that my old Catholic priest once told me, which is that Nietzsche said that God is dead, but now Nietzsche's dead and God's still here. So dang, yeah. Did, what's did, up? I like did it. he actually say that, or did was he wearing that, that on a some- T-shirt and then he just pointed at? It? <laughs> that is something that not only not only did a Catholic priest actually say to me, but he actually said it at a lecture. <laughs> That's pretty and he great. Presented it as a deity, so it was. Actually, really super cool. He was. I love. Was that there guy. a pause? No, but there was a lot of like. Mm, mm, yeah. mm, Nietzsche's oh, dead, man. huh? All right. Damn. Damn. Murked him. He is dead. Mm-hmm. He was talking to a horse before he died. Yeah. Found dead in Miami. But I mean, get, I'm a Frederick Nietzsche fan. Yeah. As, as I mean, the, the truth is, Just, you know, I'm going to make an absolutely terrible comparison here. <laughs> and why stop? Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm going to see how, how deep I can dig myself. Um, but. That there's this current 
uh, there's this current storyline running in the Marvel comics right now where mm. Captain America is turning out to be a Nazi mm. and I'm I head over heels with it. I'm you like, like it? Yeah. Well, and, and not even because it's particularly well done, but just because it's like, it's a really interesting philosophical allegorical mm. argument, which is, you know, what do you do when you think that the world is one way when you think that standards and values are a certain way and they're just completely upended and I don't think that Trump is Hitler. Certainly um, not. And I, and I, I think some people are being a little bit hysterical about him. And as much as as near as I can tell, is that he's just, in a lot of ways, just another shitty Republican. He's a senile old man. Well, so this is a big yeah. This is a big beef for me. Where I, I'm sick of people treating Trump like he's really all that more odious than any other Republican that's been elected to president since Reagan. Is he? Is he really? The, you know. Alex Perrine, um, ex Gawker editor, now I think he's now like a editor and columnist, and now a new podcaster over in uh, Fusion. Now he actually wrote a, a thing uh, a few weeks ago, just called "This Is Normal," because he talked about, "Hey, you know, let's be real here." Um, McCain would have done exa- uh, a lot of the same exact shit of just relying on the same kind of you know for at least for de- uh, McCain would have just like hired the same kind of like corporate assholes to handle all of the domestic all the domestic shit while he was obsessed with foreign stuff from the same mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, like I said it's not the that's part of uh, that's part of uh, getting back to why re- you know some reading is available is necessary because you know you want a little bit of theory a little bit of analysis because of so many people who were you know paid uh, it was we were mocking you know paid way too much to talk about this shit uh, unlike us we're not paid at all to talk about this shit so we'll run we'll run our goddamn mouths um, couldn't I didn't like, realize we weren't getting paid Jeremy. You should have told us before. Yeah, if you know, you, uh, we're, we're getting exposure. Yeah, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. See, if you if you do this for me, your name will get out there, <laughs> and it's gonna, it'll be a great example. You can you can point to this, and you can you can take like you can take this work and go take it to others and show like mm-hmm. here, this is my portfolio. Here's, I'm trying to build my brand. Yeah, right now. you know, this, you, this is we do the we, we do these podcast episodes on spec. Um, but it's it's kind of a thing where like a lot of people because they um, where the shocking bit of the election was just was because of. Again, like I said, as they say, you know, you have a lot of like media types coming from, uh, you know, with who haven't needed to think it through any of the shit through at all, and so all of a sudden, like their poli- their political beliefs were pretty much just a set of manners. It's why you had a right. lot of co- a lot of com- you know, it's like their problem with Trump wasn't all of the you know all of, like the heinous policy shit it was just because he was you know he was so gauche and vulgar, which yeah. is why they were like, well, at least we have you know we have Jared and Ivanka here who dress yes. like professional Manhattan. Oh yeah. don't even get me fucking Paul started. Civil- yeah. In debate, and in this thing, it is the it, because like none of, none of these folks have had to have actually had to figure out you know figure out like what exactly they do stand for or even like I said they, they, they the phrase like non ideological or post ideological comes around which means you know not even having like not even like really thinking through like what the hell do you actually believe? Yeah, mm-hmm. it becomes a religion. Well, well for me, my, the most annoying facet of this for me is this. Uh, George W. Bush is. Uh, I never thought I'd miss George W. Bush. Oh, like God, that's cute that and funny. Fuck off! Yeah, like he seriously. was awful. Yeah. Like do you not remember? Hundreds of thousands of people were murdered brutally because of that piece of shit. And and what? Because he's doing some paintings now. He's a great guy. I Eat guess- shit. I I really wanted to like him, but his paintings are actually pretty bad. Yeah, so they're atrocious. I'm not on board. Like. 
just you should be getting better. Well, it's obviously it's, it's the blending is just so sloppy. I mean, you know, the color selection isn't bad, but they're actually pretty pretty good. They're not. They're not. <laughs> just, ugh. I mean, no. he's got potential. I'm right. not gonna lie. Sure. But, I mean, you know, he's he's uh, he's just a, a boy. Yeah. Well, that, someone was talking about how like with each. Um, with each kind of like um, horrible asshole Republican president who comes in, there's there's been a cycle for shit. What thirty odd years now to always try to rehabilitate the me- the memory of the previous right. mm-hmm. horrible asshole re-elected Republican president, and it right, you know, happens yeah. again and again and again and again. Well, and, and we and it's gotten to the point where even the Democrats are like. Reagan, like they even they love Ronald Reagan. Oh, right, yeah. he wasn't a fucking piece of shit. Like, like you know, mis- you know, like like uh, he wouldn't admit that AIDS was real. His whole presidency. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the the, the Cadillac welfare uh, or what do they call it? I'm Ca- sorry, welfare queens, welfare queens. Oh, yes, yeah. that was all him. Say no to drugs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a piece of garbage. Like, like. The- well, Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, it, but also, but in the. It, Mentally in decline, and thus letting letting others in the letting assholes and really horrible people running around, you know, actually run things, like say, you know, like certain, you know, like say certain foreign weapons deals, or <laughs> got, not to mention all like the horrible, like hyper moralistic domestic shit. Right. You know, I wonder if Americans just like senile old people. It's like they're <laughs> children, so they kind of feel like this sort of like it's like when you look at a kitten and it has big eyes, and you're just like, oh, it's so cute because yeah. it's so stupid. One of the one of the coolest things about Reagan is that he set up this elaborate deal uh, for arming moderates in Iran, and he had this whole like elaborate chain of things. But the thing is, I read this book by Joseph Epstein uh, that's about the Russia and the CIA and their conflict together, and it turns out that basically the entire time this so-called moderate group was actually being run by Iran with the help. <laughs> Of the Russians, and so they were basically <laughs> yeah. just giving Iran a bunch of money while claiming to destabilize the region through you know funding these moderates. And mm-hmm. it was like, uh, but one of the things one of the things that came up was that you know they desperately wanted to believe that they could do something, and that part of espionage is basically handing something people a, an idea that they want, and so they're willing to sell themselves and convince themselves because they want something to be true and i think that's something that comes up with politicians again and again where yeah. with obama you know we wanted that sale so we're willing to make a lot of allowances and excuses yep. because you know it, it sounds really good yeah, yeah that's Everybody a perfect way of encapsulating it that. was like I, autopilot I for yeah. people politically when obama was elected because i think that there is this whole like idea of the grandeur and the wonderfulness of you know oh it's going to make everything better but in reality we're going to get drone strikes and well right you know, he was so charismatic right yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, right. I think that's that is that was like an uh, a result of again kind of I don't know if it was deliberate or how I don't know how how deliberate it was, but it was you know it's a bunch of different issues that everybody from you know from Adam Curtis on through I think a thousand other writers have talked about how the the drive for kind of um, for mass the like, citizen action for actually getting out and doing something rather than it's like yeah we're you know, civic civic engagement, or or you know, people were so de- detached that all the, that all you know, most people think that all they had to do was just you know maybe vote every four years, or like maybe well, that's certainly email how somebody. people act. You yeah. know that 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 the world changes based on who we elect for president, right? It's, it's and nothing else, right? It's <laughs> but again, it is a. Um, 
I think there's a bunch of different reasons, but also connecting up, but connecting up with something you're talking about. But there's a book I had it out from the library for a while, but I didn't actually read it. I really need to read it. But it's called Legacy of Ashes, which actually gets into the history of the CIA yeah. and kind of like yeah. how they're how you know like all the times they fucked up and how they're not actually all they, they weren't you know the plenty of times that they weren't actually all that good at what they were doing, as opposed to say like you know like the. In KBD or the KGB or something, who were actually, who you know were run by assholes, who were a bit more effective at doing asshole work. Yeah, is that right? I don't I don't know anything about it. Well, the, the KGB is astonishingly good at what they is that right? Yeah. Oh well, I mean they used to be. Uh, I, I've heard very mixed reviews of them in the last thirty years or so. But they they ran an operation back in the uh, after the First World War where they spent ten years basically setting up a resistance movement and operating it. And not only that, when they shut it down, they actually announced that they had done this basically mm-hmm. just in order to humiliate the, the their opponents. Wow, it was completely baller yeah 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 will you um let's talk about that afterwards uh I, if you're interested in learning more about that i would actually recommend uh deception by joseph epstein okay uh, epstein is actually pretty shit when it comes to actual modern things but he's interesting because <laughs> he has a lot of connections within the cia so if you want to know like the cia's position on things and you want to get some interesting history that you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else he's like a really good source for cool. that kind That's of material awesome. All right, cool. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back soon. No. Let's keep going. (laughs) Keep it rolling. Do it live. Do it alive. No, we're gonna take Fuck a quick. It. We're Fuck gonna take a quick break because I need. To, we need to edit it, and uh, we need to cut in an, uh, an edits. So at some point we can we can tra- we do recommendations. We need, yeah. We're gonna do like yeah. recommendations or endorsements. Bong. All right. So a rapist's view of the minute. world. <laughs> Let's cut that. Guys, this is fun. Yeah, I'm having you. a lot of fun. I think like we need more male frontal nudity in a fan art. Horny. Yeah, well, yeah. You know this? What? Of course. People are horny. That's how the internet exists. Yeah. No, nobody's horny anymore. They're all thirsty now. Oh yeah, we're all thirsty. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not on the internet that much, so I don't know what that means. But. And if you're a woman, you're thirsty for daddies. No, don't say daddies. That's appropriate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did you see that? No. Oh, that's wait, like, wait. Is that re- is that somebody's real hot take? There? Do you know Do you know who Shanley is? Yeah, oh, God. fucking Shanley. Shanley was like, listen, daddy is a gay culture thing, and I'm tired of these cishet people stealing it. Yeah, I'll need to stop. Oh my God. How does that person even breathe? Very angrily. <laughs> I don't think I think it's mostly just I like I have so many followers and they're all sucky I think it's mostly just like this yeah oh wait it should be like more like I have so many followers and they all suck yeah I uh, I find her I, like I can't criticize her because she's a woman but like I find her <laughs> I guess I can't either I mean, isn't I, don't I get a free pass to, to criticize other women? No, I, I think you're good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I can't. I don't need to check my privilege on that one? No, because yeah, you're, you're coming from a position of equal privilege. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, good. That's what I was thinking. But, like... It's always weird for me, because I always feel like... Well, I mean, like, the, the, if, if, for, if to draw, like, a D, D&D comparison, like, I'm, uh, as a POC, I can criticize other POCs, but I can't criticize um, women. Okay. But one of the advantages of being a POC is that as a daily action, I can say the N-word once. Oh, wow. Yeah, just once, but... Yeah. And uh, before you ask, I already said it this morning, so... Yeah, so you've yeah. already used yeah. up your yeah. time I can't. I can't. Day. Yeah. It's like your spells. You like you to prepare them in the morning. Yeah. 
God, as a as a woman. Yes. You know. As a woman, I think. I think. Go on. I don't know. I just oh. think everything. Not much, apparently. No. That's one of the things about Trump, which is like I think a lot of it is well, and not just with Trump, but like a lot of the arguments that people make are just obviously posing. Like I, like Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos is like, you know, oh, being conservative is a new punk rock, and like I guess you're right since punk rock has been dead for like <laughs> ages and ages, and it's just something yeah. that kids put on to look cool, and it's actually completely lame and dumb. Sure, but I mean, I'm imagining like woke Trump where he's like, listen, folks. There are more than two genders, okay? It's obvious. Like Guys. Yeah. Guys. And if he I mean like if he had run as a Democrat, like I'm guessing he could have done most of the same shit. Mm-hmm. And you would have had people, you know, going like, you know, look, he's 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 with us, okay? And yeah. He is he's our voice. I'm with him. Yeah. Well if he was yeah, if he was if he was sufficiently you know, uh, uh, woke, woke, yeah, woke. There you yeah. go. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Right, performatively woke. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, as the as bad as as bad as the whole pussy grabbing thing was, like, I think we had a president who like. <laughs> One like banged an intern with a cigar at one point. <laughs> yeah. So well, we did only have one, I guess, of those. I don't wait, wait, cigar like. Okay. That All really, right. That really happened. That really did happen. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. the more you know. I don't know. Doom, doom, it was doom, it was doom. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, that's one of the interesting things, which is I think, you know, the left has advanced to the point where I I kind of hope that Bill Clinton wouldn't be able to get elected today. I would hope <sighs> too. I know. There, there well, was. I, I think that people are wising up because I know people that were thought bill clinton was great and then i've told them like he was shit and they go oh yeah he was kind of shit so yeah uh i i think i think well thomas frank's book is was great for just showing like did bill clinton do fucking anything yeah this is uh, thomas frank's book uh, listen liberal yeah listen liberal well i don't i don't as 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 reluctant as i am to borrow something from that particular side of things that the idea of virtue signaling is i think kind of compelling as much as that a lot of politics is very much performative yeah and people like to make these arguments and, you know, be make snarky comments and be dismissive about certain things. But when you actually drill down and look at what they actually believe, then, you know, they tend to be at once less interesting and less controversial because, you know, most people think that, you know, for example, Medicare for all is a good idea. If right. You look at the polling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's. Just broadly speaking, I think that's what we should be focusing on. Less less on, like, how do we make people Marxists and more how do we uh, bridge... Unite the clans. Yeah, bridge the gap. Because it's like, look, I get it. Like, like. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about activation, I, I've i been extremely impressed by, you know, what the, uh, what the Pepe's have been up to. I mean, that is a, to me, an absolutely shocking thing that they have been able to mobilize the youth uh, for conservatism as much as they have and you know part of that is because they've been able to present an extremely convincing argument in terms of you know screaming about things like free speech which i care deeply about sure yeah and uh, you know a lot of this comes down to sales and i think that's one of the things where you have to look very closely at stuff like capitalism because wait, wait i'm sorry would you unpack that a little bit more when you say it comes deeply down to sales 
Persuasion. Yeah. Oh, it, it, persuasion. And okay. that's one of the things that capitalism excels at, which is, you know, making you want things and subverting ideas in order to take something that's threatening and reducing it. I mean, you know, you look at commercials where they're like, you know, those, I remember those Sprite commercials where they were like, you know, Sprite is dumb. Don't drink Sprite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the nineties, Sprite Reverse had psychology. a sort of yeah had a sort of like anti-establishment ad campaign, which is bizarre. Yeah, like yo, fuck Sprite. Am I right? It was like be yourself, choose yeah. whatever you want. But really, they're saying choose Sprite, which is so bizarre. Choose yeah. life, and that's the crazy thing about capitalism is any any bit of. Uh, uh, rebellion they can actually encompass like that that way offbeat Pepsi thing that happened didn't work but no it, it absolutely worked what are you talking about did it work oh yeah sales went way up okay well then it worked I fucking loved it yeah I don't know well I mean if you think about it capitalism is basically Steven Seagal you know it mm -hmm. just expertly uses all of your moves against mm -hmm. you cracks your bones whispers yeah. into the mic walks very slowly mm-hmm and mm -hmm. on that note about Steven Seagal <laughs> movies, we're going to switch into our one of the, uh, one of our few segments on the show of doing endorsements and or recommendations. So, it's like, what have you been consuming that you want to share with others? Anybody ready to go? No comments. What? <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Game Crumps. Leave me alone. I'll go. I never go first. So, um, I've been recommending a lot of stupid shit lately, like guitars that I like. Uh, so I'm going to do real recommendations. Two books that I haven't finished, but I am enjoying enough that I feel confident in recommending them. Uh, one is called uh, Age of Anger, A History of the Present by Prankaj Mishra. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to sum it up, I would say it's basically about an analysis about the Enlightenment and how it affected uh, uh, society and, and, and politics and how even in, even in the West there were people that were left out uh, due to the Enlightenment, and uh, how that is a is a he he uses that to set the stage for how uh, our current political situation, um, and it's really interesting. Uh, um, there's some stuff about his writing style that I'm not that crazy about, but 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 uh, idea wise, it's pretty good. The second book is uh, doesn't really need my pushing because I think a lot of people are talking about it right now. It's called Racecraft. It's by Barbara and Karen. I think Barbara and Karen Fields. Um, it is an analysis of, of, of racism in general, but I think American racism in particular. And uh, it, it presents a really interesting uh, um, case for how racism works in the United States and for uh, a way to, I guess, I don't know how to put it, like a way to bridge a gap between leftism and people that are worried that left ism is not sufficiently concerned about racism does that does that, that make sense does that make sense yeah. to y'all okay right, yeah. and then uh finally i'm going to recommend an old ass movie that everyone's heard of but maybe not everyone's seen it's called badlands it's terrence malick's first film i got to see it at the hollywood theater in 35 millimeter and i loved it very very much uh so get it on digital video disc or however you like to watch films uh it was very good and that's it nice says it you want to go? No, no that's oh, right. All right. <coughs> Milady. Uh, <laughs> tips fedora. Um, so look, notice his shirt. <laughs> exactly. He literally has a cat. MR, MRI cat. Yeah. Oh. I thought that was an owl for a good part of the morning. That's all. <laughs> so my recommendations are going to be pretty short and sweet. Um, two TV shows. So first one is Glow. Hello, ladies. I'm Sam Sylvia, and this is Glow. 
sorry, what's glow? Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Which I tanked through in one day. Um, you know, it's a story about, it's loosely based on the reality that was Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling in the 80s, uh, starring Allison Brie and a few other wonderful ladies. Mark Marin's in it. Um, I've never really listened to his show or like his comedy or anything like that, but he's intensely funny because he just kind of plays a very realistic dude um, that hates people at life. Um, it's just wonderful. You don't like wrestling? Well, I don't really know wrestling. You don't think wrestling is acting? It's not, is it? It's, it's more like a sport with costumes. Or, I'm sorry, are you, are you hiring actors to play wrestlers or are we the wrestlers? Yes. Which one? Do people think you're pretty? Because like, I'm looking at you, one second I think, fuck yeah, she's hot. And then the next second I'm like, I don't know, is she really? I mean, you just have one of those faces, it kind of changes. Like, hey, mm, I don't know. What the hell does that mean? It means I don't know. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth. That is not a great name. And it's just funny because, like, all of those ladies actually did learn wrestling as part of their, you know, prep for this show. So there's some really great wrestling. Allison Brie is a wrestler in this show? Yes. So um, it's set in the 80s, and it's also kind of going across like the whole stereotypes that were involved in <laughs> some of the stuff so you have wrestlers called Wel- Wel- welfare queen and oh dang uh, really and uh yeah <laughs> the is american that- one is liberty bell and she's like the yeah anyway is that real or is that bit made up i think that the show itself back in the 80s i don't know much about it because i obviously i was like just born but there were you know some, some of the characters were that broad. Yeah, sort of like how like Iron Sheik was pretty, you know. But Welfare Queen was not a real. I don't know if it was. Well, I don't think they did Welfare Queen, but they did plenty of. Um, they. I don't know if there's anything. They, they, I mean, they did. They did some horrible. They probably <laughs> did some like horrible, like you know, ignorant shit. But I don't know if it was anything that was that arch. But then again, I haven't. Uh, I'm trying to remember how I think I've only seen like a handful of episodes plus the Netflix documentary that is still out there about the the original. Yeah. Anyway, it's very tongue in cheek and very self-aware. So it's not like, yeah. And the girl that plays the woman that plays welfare queen is actually a real life wrestler, which is even cooler. Um, So yeah, I recommend that. And then the third season of letter Kenny just came out and I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's a really, really dumb Canadian comedy. It's called. It basically started out with these short video sketches between these two guys about Letterkenny problems. Basically, a small town in Ontario, five thousand people, and these are their problems. There's only hicks, skids, and hockey players. A couple hockey players come up the produce stand the other day. I can't believe your sister's still dating these nutsacks. Wayne? How are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Hey, Katie. Go home, Daryl. Nice onesie. Does it come in men's? Oh, I think you come in men enough for all of us. I think you better come in my... I mean, you better come... I think you better come say that to his face, you fucking hicks. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. Hey, I heard about your breakup, buddy. She's a sweetie for what, uh, five years, right? Oh, you're a high school sweetie, right? What's it to you? Heard she cheated on you, buddy. That's a real kick in the knackers, bro. Just a real ouchie, bro. It's too bad she taught you not to fight anymore, buddy. Because that's a fight on sight for you and her new guy, buddy. 
support live for life, bro. Maybe if you'd ever been in a real fight, you might not be so keen for another. And so you, these kids are your typical druggies that are like listening to trance music and dancing in the street. And then you know, they got, you know, like the pseudo goth emo kids. And then you've got Hicks, which are just, you know, the farmers. What'd you say? You heard me. <laughs> Almost better. Type soft voice. You looking for a Tilly, buddy? Let's have a Donnybrook! Pump the brakes. You take your shirt off, but leave your sunglasses on. What sort of backwards fucking pageantry is that? You gonna fight with those shades or play PokerStars.com? Hold my spitter. Dude, I can't hold your spitter. You hold my spitter, just put the spitters down. TikTok. Go time! Go time! Look at that fucking treasure trail. What's up with your fucking body hair, big shoots? You look like a 12-year-old Dutch girl. Your aesthetician quaff that for you? You can kiss my aesthetician. You guys do CrossFit? You can cross fuck off. Cross fart. How many times you pulled your horn today, bud? What? Oh, she's bashful. Well, come on, kitten. I won't tell anyone. Ballpark six to eight, you're a fucking animal. Play a little five on one. Hit the kitchen, mix a batch. Feed the ducks. Distribute some free literature. Go time! Fucking shut them! Riley, Jonesy, put your fucking shirts on and get out of here. This, this isn't, isn't over! Jenks, you owe me a Coke. Never buy you a Coke. <laughs> Which are the main characters. And then you've got hockey players who are just completely... I mean, the, the, the humor is, is very crude and disgusting and... Particularly, I just think it's hilarious. So watch it, or just watch the the YouTube cold open for the first season, and you'll you'll like it. It's a hard life, picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. How do you spell that? Letterkenny, L E T T E R K E N N Y. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Jacob, you want to go? I guess I'll go ahead and recommend a documentary called Twenty Four Hour Comic: The Movie. It's available now on iTunes, and... I'm Scott McLeod, and I'm a cartoonist and author, best known for my book, Understanding Comics. I came up with the 24-hour comic in 1990 as a challenge for my friend Steve Bissett. Let's see if each of us can draw 24 pages in 24 hours. This is not the way that people ordinarily work. You're taking something that would typically take a month on average and compressing it into a single day. For me, it's more about remembering what it takes to be a good storyteller given constraints. I've heard it's pretty good. I haven't seen it, but I guess I'm supposed to recommend it or whatever, so fine. Do you know anybody in it? Uh, no. What is your idea? It's based on this coffee table book that I did, Boilerplate, from the perspective of his inventor. It's sort of like a cross between Animal Farm and Walking Dead and Children of the Damned. Heist at a high school. It's a high school heist. Uh, My boss is in it, so he's pretty cool. So you do know someone who's in it. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and plug. Well, I mean, do, do we ever really know anyone? I mean, Fair enough. If you think about it. Yeah, you, it's, it's impossible to know another person's mind, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's true. Was that the one that was shot in a, in a comic book shop in Portland in 2013-2014? Uh, yeah, it was around there, and it's it's basically about these eight people who try to make an entire comic book by themselves. They're all working individually in the space of 24 hours, so that's 24 pages, <laughs> and usually a cover on top of that. Oh my god. That's a lot. Yeah, it's basically like, what if NaNoWriMo was about comics and also one day? Yeah. And it's a really like intense experiment to see. No sleep. Yeah, which could you was, recommend the thing you just said? Nano what? Nano Remo. It's yeah. November Writing Month. National Novel Writing Month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that. Would you recommend that? No. Um, I mean, do you want to write a novel? In a month. No, I'm just asking if you'd recommend it. Well, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it if you don't want to write a novel. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe if you have that's graphomania all, or something. But. I think that's that's 
you've elaborated enough. If you want to hate yourself, absolutely. I think there's. I've some, done it. I, I think there's. Need, some, I don't need any help hating I, myself. I think there's really something to be said for trying to do a lot of work very badly mm-hmm. and doing it in a relatively short period of time. Because I think creative people tend to be very precious with their work. Yeah. And there's something to be said for just letting something be a failure. And I think experiments like that open open up a lot of opportunity for that. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah, but not for me because I always like nail everything on the first yeah, try. Yeah, you get so it. It's, you're just one yeah. of those. You're the golden child. That's great. Yeah. So yes, David Chelsea, you're the 16-time 24-hour comic artist. Are you the undisputed champion? As far as I know, I haven't heard of any other claimants to the throne. It's not hard to predict David's results. He will finish probably in 20 hours, and I'm going to finish before Chelsea. Show him that. Jacob likes to play mind games, but I like to think it's all in fun. I have seen the documentary. It's pretty good. It, it's. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. It's, I'm not. They, How do you feel about being in the film? I think people are going to look at this and they're going to be like, that Jacob guy is a Jacob. Are we allowed to swear to this? They 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 track they track. Time. I'd like to recommend something. I'm not going to watch. You know they they uh, they track time, or I should say the uh, you, one of the ways that they show time progressing is a shot of a box of donuts slowly uh, slowly getting slowly disappearing with each shot. I hope they're good donuts and not. I think they're voodoo. No. Oh. Mm. Mm. Pixie sticks. Whoa. Fruitless. Shots fired. Sorry. Right, are you talking trash about the voodoo? About the vood? I'm I'm kind of pro I'm donut in general, but yeah. I'm like I'm not really above like a Safeway donut. I think they're perfectly delicious. Uh, yeah, my fiance brought home nine maple bars and three chocolate sprinkle donuts, all because they were two fifty for a box. Which Safeway. donut would you recommend? Uh, the maple bars, but you have to eat them that day. Otherwise, the next day. From the, Voodoo? No, from Safeway. From Safeway, yeah. 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 Sorry, I had just interjected with I like donut review. Can we do donut talk real quick? <laughs> sure. I like the buttermilk bars at Heavenly Donuts. They're a Portland chain. Mm. Uh, if you haven't been in, check mm. it out. Up on, uh, up on like what, Lombard? North they're Lombard? all around. Okay. Uh, there's like, there's a handful Oh, yeah, they, they have the little sign with the rainbow on it. It's yeah, so cute. It's a very, it's a very fun sign. And uh, for me, it doesn't get better than the the warm uh, Krispy Kreme donut. That's a good fucking donut. Mm-hmm. Where else are you going to get that? Seriously, just right off. Case closed. Yeah. yeah. I, and I'm also reading a comic book right now that I'm really excited about, written by Jonathan Hickman and drawn by Tom Coker, and it's called The Black Monday Murders. And nice. it's set in a world much like our own. Where there is a murder that happens on Wall Street, which basically opens up this investigation, and it turns out that there is essentially a secret cabal of people who run the world, and they do it through finance, and the premise of this comic is that every time there's a major market correction, it's actually a real magical ritual, and it is a sacrifice to the actual existing physical god mammon oh my god that sounds good as hell it is so fucking good and (laughs) hickman is a fantastic Mm -hmm. writer and it's very dense there's a lot of like back notes and errata and there's a huge list of cast characters and everything the art is just absolutely stunning and it's it's my favorite comic in a long time dang that's great who's putting that out is that out of my image or yeah it's 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 being printed by image and I gotta say, you know, Biff Bam Pow comics have really grown up. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, 
my recommendation is a new album by a, an Atlanta band called Algiers. The name of the album is The Underside of Power, put out by Matador Records. Broken shots on every heart sometimes what you try to control your life it is a mix of um, mix of a lot of things. It's kind of like the band itself does a lot of like kind of like dark post-punky things. Franklin, the lead singer, however, sings in this great like 1960s soul style. But there's also a mix of like they use a lot. They'll they'll use a lot of like they'll sample. I mean the very the the, the very first track on the album is called "Walk Like a Panther" and it opens with a modulated sample of like Fred Hampton, and it is um, yeah, it's just it's it's incredible. They synthesize like eight or nine different kinds of uh, musical threads together from like post punk to their bits of like like John Carpenter horror soundtracks to kind of like atonal soundscapes to, um, like I said, you know, soul music to like at some point, you know, like this, but all, uh, half of it is there is a, like this just excellent, like you, you know, drum machine that's like straight out of like suicide or big black or something. And it's, It's compelling as hell. They played in Portland on Bastille Day, and uh, to a very small crowd at Mississippi Studios, and it was a uh, it was a fun show. So yeah, that's that's Algiers. The album is The Underside of Power, out on Matador. All right, and that concludes that. Oh, did you have anything else, sir? <laughs> Check out this new app I got. I want to recommend this app, Hip Hop Air Horn. I found. I was using this all day yesterday, and it was Okay, I'm immediately downloading that That was pretty show. great. Hell yeah. Jeremy, did that band, Algiers, did they play the song Bastille Day by Rush? No, they did not. Wow, although, they, although whatever, if the, their interpretation of that would have been interesting. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. And they're marching to Bastille Day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love so it so much. I'm sorry for ruining your show, dude. Like, my bad. No, I think I think you're I think made you it just better. Just took it to a new level, my man. No, no, this does not look like a, the look of someone who's like, I did it. We found we found our we found our drummer with the Beatles now. I'll have you know, to leave you, Ringo. <laughs> that old drummer, he wasn't good too good. I can't do I can't do Liverpool. It's some it winds up being like half Scottish or just some some <laughs> mesh of like north or like the pole of the beat. Make a sad song and make it <laughs> Oh god. That's Pretty good. Long stop. way to go for Joe. I'll stop. Yeah. I'll stop. All right. Oh, and on that note, that flat note, uh, is there anything you would like to? Uh, I should say anything you would like to. Uh, is 
Anything you'd like to say in conclusion, as well as um, if you want people, if you have anything to uh, upcoming to promote or something, or how how can folks get a hold of you on the internet? You know, the the uh, the, the very concluding wrap up segment of any modern podcast. Sure, uh, you can follow me at at Brandon Wardell. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Sausage King of Chicago. Sure. <laughs> um, I am at Comrade Garrett on, uh, what's that called? Twitter? Um, Twatter. Twatter. I'm on that, and uh, no one Try. follows me, so you don't have to either. Because I don't really post that much. Yeah. Um, Twatter or Tutor, I think one of the Never two. Never posting. Uh, I'm in a band called Honky Tonk Union. I'm in a couple, but I'm going to talk about Honky Tonk Union because we have a new extended play uh, release you can get it honky tonk union dot band camp dot com. Um, it is classic country music. Uh, most of it is originally written, but we do a couple covers on this. Uh, if you like that sort of shit, check it out and give us $5 for the whole damn thing. Otherwise, you can catch me at Acoustic Guitar Forum. Just kidding. I don't even post there. <laughs> Specialguitars.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Ashes for Foxes on Twitter and Tumblr, and Cyborg Harpy on Tumblr as well. Is one of them like your personal one, and the other one's like your political one, where you get like really rude, and you're like, "Not my president." Yeah, that's, one, that's actually, correct. one is my aesthetic blog, and my other one is my angry bitch blog. Gotcha, Slay Queen. Yes, one for, one for memes, one for makeup tips, yeah. one for uh, one for one for uh, for food snaps of uh, brunch joints. All right, and once again, it's, uh, I'd like to thank uh, the Mysterious Breakfast Cereal for our theme. Uh, you can get a hold of us. We are at uh, facebook.com slash givingthemic. Uh, email us at givingthemic at gmail.com. And um, Twitter is, yeah, givingthemic, one word. Yeah, that's it. All right, um, any final words? Go. I didn't think Algiers was all that good. I really prefer uh, Poppy. Uh, from she's a like YouTube personality. You guys should check her out. She's really good. I have nothing else to say. Anything else? I was going to uh, say. I'm going to recommend that. looking up dating simulators with pigeons as boyfriends. That's what all I'm right. Doing. That's it. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Hi-oh! Air horn. <laughs> Shit. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, I didn't do that on purpose. That was an accident. I Fart. That was pretty fun. Alright. Well, thank you, thank ladies you and gentlemen. We were talking about humor, and I was like, I'm really getting into Brandon Wardell. I'm really into <laughs> Wardell, just in terms of humor. And she's like, oh, I don't know who that is. And I was like, well, you know, she's he's very much online on Twitter. Mm -hmm. and has ironic dance parties and stuff. And she looks him up. And so she looks him up on the phone. She's like, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. She finds the, when she finds what the, the sheriff. The sheriff. Do. And so she just reads like I'm the sheriff of sucking off. Boche, like I'm the mayor of sucking off. I'm here to <laughs> suck you off. See, I didn't ever... <laughs> she kind of looks at me, and I'm like, that's fucking hysterical. <laughs> that's very yeah. funny. Yeah. Smith Smithers, you're real good at, at turning, turning me on. <laughs> and so she's like, I don't think that's funny. I was like, well, you know, it's humorous subtraction. But then it fucking blows up over the weekend, and I said, I'm like, I fucking told you so. Yeah. yeah. Dude. You know what you're talking about. The mayor of sucking you off. What, like, stupid brand picked that up, like, and decided to re-blog re it? Like Twitter.
no yeah. Twitter, but like there was other companies that were doing it, like, like every, fucking think, Burger King and shit. In, yeah, everybody, everybody with it, with a with a with a social media intern who you know, has just sit, paid to sit there and type shit and do uh, whatever. If they're paid, yeah, like right? the Sonic one was like, I'm I, I'm the sheriff going fast, and I'm here to go really fast and collect all the rings. Oh God! <laughs> to be fair, if the Sonic like Twitter account did something, it would actually probably be funny. So. I didn't realize that there was a Sonic Twitter account. But oh, I, it's I bet. super active. I bet they have. All, oh, I wonder if they have all those fans that really got into like making Sonic versions of themselves. Well, there's a whole game for that now. Oh, really? Yeah, like Sonic Forces or Sonic Infinite. Or you Sonic. can make your own furry, basically. So you pay. You play as like OG Sonic and uh-huh. modern Sonic, and you can create your own furry. Oh, that's. I wonderful. know there were two different Sonics. Well, they're like from different universes. Sure, it's like pre-crisis and post-crisis Superman. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that is either. But the, t- all the right. timelines this get crossed. This is going to be a long conversation. Yeah. Okay. So basically, DC Comics you don't have came to up with something it. that was called. Uh, well, I have to. Like, no. No, I mean, we, we have to explain it to you, Garrett, yeah. because you have no interest in whatsoever in so it. So D- DC Comics introduced something uh, in the Flash, which was called, which was the concept of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So basically, he found out that the comics he had read as a kid, which were about the Flash named Jay Garrick were actually taking place in another universe, mm-hmm. which was called Earth 2. And so this turned into this whole massive like expanse where there was an alternate universe Justice League, and there was another Earth where everybody was evil, and so on and so forth. And they mm-hmm. just kept adding more and more universes, and they had different comics set in different universes, and it got more and more complicated until they finally decided, like, readers can't keep up with this. Just implode it. Yeah, and they had a special 12-issue miniseries where the universes collapsed into a single universe, mm-hmm. and that was called Crisis on Infinite Earths, yep. and they basically reset the storylines, and everything's been super confusing ever since. Yeah. That's, they, Marvel's so been it, doing it the same shit, It too. didn't get less confusing? No. Well, it was supposed to. That was the point. Right. But, but they reset I, I, I some superheroes, and they didn't reset others, so like they started oh, at like, that is year very one. confusing. Yeah. And basically, every four or five years, they have another event where they try to fix the continuity. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's impossible. It's, it's, what is it? What's the thing? Yeah, DC is a great example of, um, as opposed to history, uh, a view of history as just progression, history this as dialectical uh, materialism. Because like every. Every time they try to do a reset, they always fuck it up and yep. then have to reset again based on what the previous fucked up thing right. has gone again. And it was the new 52 for a while, and then uh-huh. it was not new 52 for a while, and then it became... Con- all so it was, it, was, it was Crisis, it was Zero Hour, it was Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis, Flashpoint, uh, and the latest one is Rebirth. Okay. And I think I'm missing one in there, but so each of these are these big company-wide events. They're iterations, tr- yeah. trying to fix a problem. This sounds like another good thing about capitalism, where you have to keep producing content. Oh yeah, and, right. and there's no way it's gonna there is no end. get ridiculous over a period of time. Yeah, well, and it, it's an excuse to sort of bang all the toys together, and yeah, but they they wrestle over these like really bizarre and pathetic issues, like. Did Batman know who shot his parents, or didn't he? And who was it that shot his parents? Yeah, was it like, Joe Chill, or was it... Was it Jack Napier? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. Tim Burton joke. I'm really loud in my own headphones. Do I sound louder than everybody else? Um, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you sound louder. Okay, I can't tell. I did notice uh, there still might be a little too much high end in his. Okay. Yeah, just full full bass, full compression, all the way down. Just crush yeah. it. I, there was just some sibilance in there that, that seemed, seemed a little. You're you are unfortunately you're on the mic. I only have two. Comp- I only have two compression channels. Give me another one. 
<laughs> Give them both. I want Give all both. the compression. No, Sold. I can't. He's it's, the guest. I don't know what compression is, but I want it. <laughs> no, it's um, no, it's, it's what I have to run it through. Uh, I want to sound like a robot. Put yeah. chorus on it. No, if, if, echo, hey, if you echo, want echo, um, echo. stereo flange. Dude. All right, are you doing a bit? I don't. What's going on? Just saying I'm having no, fun. No, oh, okay. we're actually trying to be genuine here. No. No, but I, I don't. What, what, what is this? I am saying is this some kind of drink? What are you talking about? I, I ran out of irony for the day. It only works online, not so much in real life. I'm in, I'm fucked. Well, I'm bad at irony. I don't I know. Said it. Well, I don't know how to stop. Well, you can keep going. It's all, all right. right. Thank God. We want you to be yourself. Well, I basically sort of flip between like maximum irony and like, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I yeah. feel like I've gotten a beat on it. Would you like to know more? Click here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, live journal. How I don't miss you. That article is a fucking classic. I have not seen it before, so thank you. You've given oh, me a gift. Oh, it's so good. The Joss Whedon one? Yeah. That was pretty hilarious. Well, it's like the Tumblr discourse, but it's like, you know, LiveJournal predated Tumblr. And yeah. then when LiveJournal got taken over by Russians, then they decided, <laughs> you know. Is that when it became all pornography? <laughs> no, they just like... I, I remember there was a there was a website I would go to that was just random images from Tumblr's LiveJournal. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. So it would be just take like the, the last episode? ten things or last 30 things posted yeah. to live journal and it, was all and it was always a lot of fun but then there got to be a point where it was just ev- like every literally like every third thing was yeah just pornography. 80 percent tumblr's 80 percent porn and 20 percent like, discourse so you know yeah speaking of tumblr um i am a, i'm, I'm so, so i'm still trying to learn how to make art good mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm getting better it's i'm a making good place to put art what it's a good place to put art yeah and so uh, one of the artists who I actually like, quite like because she does really good tutorials is a is a girl named Sakimi Chen. Sakimi Chen. Yeah, and she does a lot of fan art. So here, see. Oh, that's really it's nice. It's like super colorful, glossy, yeah, like sort of heavy manga. It looks good. Is that great. is that a character? That mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Star. Know? That's Starfire from the Teen Titans. Okay. DC. Uh, and I actually don't even know who this one. Let's see. Oh, here we go. I love this one. This one's great. Nice, I'm gonna look up oh, this so wow. you know what? It's like an Inuyasha, right? I, if you say so. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't read hentai. I don't read hentai or whatever it's called. Um, but <laughs> so the thing about the thing about Sakimi Chan. your thing, and I'm so no, sorry, okay. Natasha. The thing about Sakimi Chan though is everybody's like, ooh, wow, you know, Chapo Trapos is making sixty nine thousand, you know, a month on Patreon. She a Patreon. Well, she has a Patreon, and the last time I saw her is that she, on her own, back in 2015, Sorry, cleared half a million dollars. Oh, I bet. So, yeah. I'm like... How much? Half a mil. Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Yeah. Well, this her secret is that basically she does two versions of all of her art. Oh, She cool. has one nude and one non-nude. Oh. And, and then they have the Patreon account for the nudes. So, like, on this version, like, she'll, do, totally an, she'll do another one where that isn't there. Yeah, so you know... How, how, What's your name? How does phone work, Jacob? Twitter. Oh, Jacob Mercy. Oh. Uh, I, honest to God, don't know how to add people on Twitter. That's okay. I'm gonna add you. This and is embarrassing. You can, like, oh my God. It was this no, just you just go. To, you do. You you hit the little magnifying glass. Oh shit. Okay, well, profile list moments highlights Twitter ad settings and privacy. Oh my God, this is great. What Your the feed. fuck? What's so great about my feed? The sperm whale and the colossal squid have never been close friends, but when the London Review of Books published the squid's vitriolic critique of the whale's second volume of poetry, the two became mortal enemies. That's Tom Gold's yep. stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm a big fan. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Cyborg Harpy just liked you. Yeah. Oh, man, I hope she sends me pictures of feet. <laughs> Bird feet. Nice. That's the best kind of feet. 
Mm-hmm. Talons. All right. So, share. Do I want to DM? Do I want to slide into those DMs? Slide into those DMs? No, I think I'll just tweet it. Yeah, tweet me. Tweet. Uh, okay, now I got an at, I guess. I'm not very good at Twitter. No, I'm not either. Okay, Ash. I just know how to retweet. Is. It's Ash's, right? Mm-hmm. For. Okay, got it. Yeah. I, uh, I can't get out of bed unless I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Will, uh, uh, just like fucking, uh, laconic. His responses on Twitter are sometimes. Will Maneker? Yeah, yeah. Like somebody, somebody wrote a, uh, a tweet, that, uh, an article for The Independent that said, young people like me who question socialism are being silenced, to which Maneker responds, good. <laughs> You're right, though. He is pretty good about it. He had one the other day that really cracked me up, and I wish I could remember what it was. He has a lot. Yeah, he has a. He's 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 almost Spartan in that regard. He's just like, you know, he's pretty reserved. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, no, just like then we'll fight in the shade, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a 300 reference. Yes, I've never seen that movie. Well, it's actually no, it's a reference to actual history. We like, fought in the shade. That's a that's a like the 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 Spartans were noted for their like minimalist mm-hmm. smartassery, like and. A lot of the best lines of 300 are directly pulled. Oh, from they were good at jokes. Yeah, uh, they were good at they were good at being badasses. Mm. I've heard that. <laughs> like the line, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, um, where he's like, "You know what I said? I'd kill you last." Yeah, I, I lied. Like, that's actually Commando. yeah. Leonidas said that first. Nice. Yeah. Sparta. Yeah. Leonidas. I oh. took a class on stoicism last year, and no, you didn't. I sure did. Oh, okay. I wrote a whole paper. I was just testing you. <laughs> yeah. Well, good test. <laughs> you passed. <laughs> you you solved my question riddle. And I read a book about how uh, this, there was this guy that theorized that the Stoics were uh, trying to set up a new... Their political ideology was one of new Spartanism, but I was not convinced by it. That's not a very interesting story, but I told it anyway. No, that's pretty interesting. It. So they're trying to I start... Can, I can loan you the book if you want. No, no, thank you. No, wait. I can give you the title. I don't own the book. I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. I've got, uh, I've got comic books to read, okay. so... Oh, man. Here. George Romero just died. Really? Oh, yeah. God. Died at the age of 77. No. Him and Ellie Wiesel. Well, he'll be, he'll be back. <laughs> Man, this guy's good, Jeremy. All right, I'm going to go. I think yeah, I've done my, I think I've done, I've done my duty for today. No, I'm going to go. I'm no yeah. good to this show Seriously, anymore. Seriously, take over. You're, in fact, we should all go and just yeah. let him do the podcast from Not, now on. And I've tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> I need something to bounce off of. It, it's, it's, I like talking to a, into a mic alone, yeah. you know? Yeah. Good. How do you feel about being in the film? I think people are going to look at this and they're going to be like, that Jacob guy is an f***ing Jacob. Are we allowed to swear to this?